0: You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts Alan Schneider.
1: I don't like how you try to sell
0: my house.
1: Come on, man. This is a sport lover's fantasy. I don't like sports. No one does.
0: Brandon Jaggers.
1: Let's be frank here.
2: That gas leak is going to kill anybody that tries to move in here. I'm fixing that gas leak All right, no, no, no. all All right, all right, all
0: right. Fine, fine. I understand, you know. And me, C.C. us. Well, are
2: you, are you totally set on that price? I mean, 20 grand a month, man. I need that money. Cost of blood is going up.
1: I need to feed. Yeah, you
2: keep throwing around words like blood and feed. I mean, feed
1: what? Never you mind. I've said too much already. I'm so stupid. Stupid. I mean, maybe paint a mural. Or like the, the 91 Giants, like cresting a hill. Carl. Starting to think you aren't right for this job.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode number 97 of the Auxiliary Gate podcast. I'm CC Broadus, joined by Alan Schneider. Alan, if you tell one bad Will Smith joke, I'm shutting this podcast down for good.
2: Oh, boy, I could probably go on for a while. I mean, it's, there's a lot of things in this nation to talk about, right? So, of course, they're a or with that at the moment. But let's, let's be let's be fair. The, the memes are pretty damn funny, right? I mean, it's it's some pretty. You got any good jokes? You got any good no, I, jokes?
0: No, I don't. If you tell that one about the fresh prints on somebody's face, I'm, I'm <laughs> done. I'm done with you.
2: Well, this is audio. This is audio. So, you know, some of the memes that we could create, we'll just, you know. Nothing we can do about it, but I believe everybody's probably memed out already, correct?
0: Uh, I, I haven't watched the Oscars probably in 20 years. I,
2: I, oh, who? I don't know why anybody would, but, I mean, you know, uh, you know, uh, there's I, a bigger issue. How in the hell were there 10 movies to even nominate this year? I can't even name three.
0: Oh, there's no One way. One of them would be Spider-Man. Uh, the, right? Yeah, the ones I know are all Marvel movies. <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, I got nothing against, you know. Uh, higher in movies, but I just, you know, I mean, it's pretty uh arrogant to think that there were ten movies worthy of a nomination, right? I mean, come on. Have you seen? Did you see any of the best uh, picture nominees? No, I, I don't follow this at all. Yeah. I don't either. And I mean, the Oscars have just. Oscars used to be pretty cool, right? It used to be a thing back in the day, but well, face, back in the day when uh, Billy
0: Crystal and, and Jack Palance hosted, and, and it was kind of fun. That that yeah. stuff was fun, but uh you know, the, the rest, I have no interest in
2: they've just managed to take the fun out of these things it seems like whatever so i mean the viewership the viewership uh annual viewership would probably you know bear that out right it's uh, the ratings have followed but uh, that said they are the talk of the town today for you know the wrong reason right reason, well you know to look
0: at it also i've not seen a, an episode of the eclipse awards in the last several years but i do have an idea to how to make those more popular yeah i do now uh, yeah, maybe a, a certain trainer of choice could accept an award, and uh, and and somebody from the audience could go slap him.
2: Uh, there's a you know a lot of people on Twitter, from what I can see, who would probably be happy to do that or whatever. But uh, right. I don't believe in violence, but that would make it more entertaining. Hell, I might watch that, and I never watch them.
0: Moving right along, Kentucky Derby is now less than six weeks away, and there was a big prep over the weekend. It was the Louisiana Derby that was won. By the Steve Asmussen-trained son of Not This Time, Epicenter, uh, visually impressive victory in the Louisiana Derby, going a mile and three uh, sixteenths. Your thoughts on the the son of Not This Time?
2: Well, you know everybody's uh, epicentered everything to death so far. I may touch on some of the uh, also rans, but you know again we're six weeks out. Epicenter looks. One of the top contenders right now, he he checked the cliche, which I hate racing cliches, that they checked all the boxes and he raided and was able to go by those horses in the top shirt. The perfect trip, but he powered away to mile and 316. Uh, I don't know how you knock the horse. I mean, you can't, but over the next six weeks, people will find a way to knock the horse. That's what they do with all the discussion that comes up. And, you know, if you like Epicenter right now, and of course, there's still races to run. Uh, because of the six-week layoff, people have a tendency not to forget about him, but other horses will, co- will go to the forefront. So if you like Epicenter and you're afraid it's going to be favored with some other flashy ones still to run. You may you may still get nine to two or so come Derby day. Just cause the, just the nature of the beast, how far away the Louisiana Derby is. That said, the rest of the the rest of the alls strands probably didn't have much of an excuse. I wouldn't say I thought Zozos ran fairly well for his third career start. But didn't you?
0: Um, I thought he did. Oh yeah, uh, that was, uh, yeah, I, I kind of poo-pooed his chances because he's I a, did too.
2: I yeah. knew he didn't get bet. I I, I couldn't play, him because I, and he got bet more than I thought he, even I thought he would. Yeah,
0: so he's, he's unplayable a, to me at that point, but
2: I thought he ran pretty well.
0: The son of Munnings out of a forestry mare doesn't scream mound nah, 16th, but uh, he, nah. he held well. And, uh, you know, coming into the race, I heard he had a nice thoroughgraph figure and I'm sure he earned a pretty decent one here. So I think, you know, he may be a horse that you want to include going forward and, Still not in, on my in. Derby
2: picture. Uh, Kapuna ran very poorly. I don't think people, a lot of people liked Kapuna. And, uh, that horse just completely backed up. Call Me Midnight is kind of what maybe we feared that he might be a little distance limited, uh, limited, I should say. And uh, you saw that that it, Call Me Midnight had the perfect look of a horse who has a amount of quarter out of a scope. He made the move on the turn, and then he flattened out. When they make the move on the when they make the move, and then they flatten out and go one pace late, they're distance limited. I think the horse is still going to be excellent between a mile and 16th and a mile and 8th. I think derby distance is out of his realm. And rattle and roll, you know, has not looked good so far this year. But that said, I still hope he gets in the gate. I didn't like him the other day, but put him back at Churchill. Maybe he gets a pace to run at at 40, 50 to 1. Like I gotta say, he can go through traffic. There are worse horses you could get at 50 to 1 if he makes him the gate on derby day. I, I, I'm not going to excuse his poor performances, but I wouldn't completely 100% give up on the horse yet. What about you?
0: Oh, boy. Well, is he going to have enough points? Probably not. But, you know, yeah.
2: as we get closer, you know how the defections work. And all of a sudden, horse was 27th on the list. So, somehow, is in the on-deck circle, right? So, I, I would never say never anymore.
0: Wouldn't surprise me if McPeak rolls him around back into the Lexington Stakes. That's three weeks yeah. before. McPeak's not afraid to run his horses.
2: He's made some – peculiar. And, th- and I'm a big fan of McPeak. You've heard me talk about that nonstop. But he's made some peculiar moves but I would not put the Lexington past him. And you know, it may it works out. It certainly did last year for him in the Lexington with King Fury.
0: Right. <clears throat> so, uh, to throw more brush on the, uh, epicenter fire a horse named slow down. Andy won the Sunland park Derby yesterday on Sunday. Uh, not deep. necessarily visually impressive, but oh, he, did uh, win? he did win. Didn't he, he? he did win. He did win at four to five, uh, held off, uh, one of the local horses there, but, uh, Slow down, Andy was in also ran in Epicenter's Risen Star. Yeah, yeah. So that flatters Epicenter even more. Uh, I think uh, I think uh, Epicenter is going to be uh, uh, tough to handle. And you know, as we've learned over the last several years now, the the Derby is probably won in the next three weeks with yeah. the with the uh, this prep and 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 this coming weeks preps. And then you know, cap it off the Bluegrass and the Sanity Derby. That's that's where the Derby is going to be. You you're going to know your contenders, unless you get a, a horse like Country House or, or or something ridiculous. But uh, yeah, you, you we're gonna we're gonna know. Uh, mm-hmm. As uh, it seems like there's less and less uh, mystery to Kentucky Derbies as of late. But uh, anyway, uh, Tuesday. In the Commonwealth of Kentucky is a big uh, racing, uh, or excuse me, a big day, not a racing day, but a big day uh, in the uh, in the state senate. Uh, They're going to start reviewing this uh, sports gambling bill, and uh, before too long, we may have uh, may have uh, uh, sports wagering in the state of Kentucky at a a racetrack near you. So, uh, we brought a guest on to discuss that and a whole lot more, and here he is. Okay, Alan, uh, our our guest. On this episode of the Auxiliary Gate podcast is none other than Steve Bittenbender. Steve is a freelance journalist, uh, primarily works for Casino.org. I highly recommend you check them out. Uh, Steve also has worked in the past for uh, Reuters. Uh, He does work for Courier Journal. He covers a lot of uh, local uh, college sports. Uh, And uh, I would highly recommend that you uh, follow me on Twitter. I think he's got two Twitter accounts. Uh, One is at at FreelanceHack. I've lost the other one, but but I'll ask him
1: about it right now. Steve, are you there? I am here. And the other uh, Twitter handle is at casino org Steve B.
0: There you go. C a s
1: yeah C a s i n o o r g s t e v e b. Okay. All
0: right. Well, I'd highly recommend you follow Steve on both of those accounts. He's great at what he does, and he's like I said, he's a fountain of information. So, Steve. The reason we brought you on, it's going to be a, a pretty uh, pretty big day, I believe, tomorrow in the uh, state Senate. Is that correct? Yeah.
1: The, the Tuesday, um, Tuesday morning, uh, the Senate Licensing and Occupations uh, Committee is scheduled to uh, have a, a committee hearing. And that uh, hearing will include testimony, uh, scheduled uh, to include testimony on House Bill 607. Which your listeners may uh, know as the Paramutual Reform Bill here in Kentucky, also known as the uh, breakage bill that uh, State Rep. Adam Koenig uh, brought forward um, uh, actually this time a month ago. Okay, so for a dummy like me, now. What
0: happens What's tomorrow? tomorrow? It, what what is this the main this vote or is this the vote, this vote for this to be this passed on in the state, the
1: state senate? senate? This yeah this is a preliminary vote. Um, this would there would be a preliminary vote. Uh, the way the legislative process works is um, a bill gets uh, a bill gets filed, it gets read, it gets sent to a committee. The committee reviews it, uh, votes up and down, sends it to that chamber. Um, all that happened a couple weeks ago in the State House and, um, oh, well, uh, the 18th, 10 days ago, is when, uh, I'm sorry, no, uh, take that back. It was a, a week ago, Monday, um, that the uh, parametral bill uh, passed the House. And when it passed the House, it moved on to the Senate. The Senate assigned it to the Senate, and lic- uh, Senate Licensing and Occupations Committee which um, will take it up tomorrow. And if it passes, and and it should have the vote to pass, I don't anticipate it, it doesn't. Usually committee uh, chairman and and, and Senate leaders don't push forward bills unless they think they have the votes for it. It passes tomorrow, then uh, it'll go to the Senate floor. Uh, I've been told by lawmakers that the paramutual reform bill is one of the bills that uh should get priority here in the next couple of days um there's um two days left this week for lawmakers they'll they'll meet tomorrow in wednesday after wednesday uh, a 10-day veto period starts where governor Bashir will take a look at any bills that have already passed that he hasn't already either signed or vetoed, they'll take a look at those bills, decide whether he wants to approve them or not. Um, And then starting April 13th, lawmakers would return to Frankfurt for the final two days of the session, they would then look to override any vetoes, or if there's any outstanding legislation that they haven't had a chance to pass yet, they would look to get it done in those last two days.
0: So you're thinking chances are pretty good this is gonna this is gonna make it all the way through.
1: I I think so. Uh, at least that's what I've been told. Um, you know, Representative Koenig and in, in his uh, in his description of the bill, you know, he mentioned there was a heavy push last year for uh, you know to get HHR, the historical horse racing machines codified, and he's he said. Um, when you know they they've looked to take care of the horsemen, they've looked to take care of the tracks. Now he wants to take care of the betters, which is one of the key which is one of the cornerstones of what this bill does. Um besides readjusting um paramutual taxes that the state receives, probably the biggest thing for for horse players is that it uh introduces penny breakage uh into uh in, into the state so that when you bet on a horse you know you'll you'll be paid to the penny rather than um, you know the breakage formula which has been in use for you know well over 100 years and rounds down um what the uh what the uh bettors receive off their uh, winnings okay yeah i want
0: to get into all of that here uh, shortly uh Going back to uh, the Senate and the voters, uh, what what swayed the, uh, the the Senate voters in this? It looked like maybe in years past, it, it was it was as far away from here to the moon as, to get these things passed.
1: Well, now as far as the, as far as the Senate goes, I and mean, you, you do have some influential leaders like uh, like uh, uh, State Senator Damon Thayer, who's the former uh, Majority Leader, uh, is big into the uh, horse racing industry. Um, you know, and so I mean, he is a he is a very big proponent of House Bill 607. Um, you know, that and that's one of the four bills, uh, four gaming bills that's before the uh, that's that's now in the Senate.
0: All right, Steve, so help me understand this a little bit. Uh, as far as the tax rate, uh, the tax rate would be 9.25% at physical locations, 14.25% for. Online books, online. is that right? Is it right? um, per,
1: per for bet? bet? Well, no, it's not per bet. It, 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 the tax rate is based on the adjusted gross receipts of the sports book. So, um, the you know the state's not going to tax each. It's not going to work like paramutual where you put your two dollars down on you know a horse to win and the state takes a portion of that. Sports betting, you know it, 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 as a as a fixed odds um, entity. Uh, it that is taxed on gross revenue uh, for from the sports books. So you know most sports books right now work on a margin of about five to ten percent. Uh, it's why when you see odds for an event that's you know kind of a toss up, um you're not gonna ne- necessarily see, you know, one to one odds you would see, you know, in American style it would be minus one ten or you know uh ten to eleven odds. Um and for the winnings that the sports book gets they're then taxed on that. So that that's where that's where the tax rate would come in. And I believe you're right. I I, I thought it was nine point seven five percent, but I could be wrong but um, it's 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 around the retail. They have a, they do have a lower rate for the retail than than the mobile. But mobile is probably once um, once online sports betting comes on uh, comes online here, um, mobile is going to be the dominant player. Uh, you look you look at Indiana, you look at states like New York and Pennsylvania and so forth. You know, easily 85 percent or more of the bets that are taken. Are uh, placed through online apps. So,
0: like for the mobile app, that that would be that 14 point four. Uh, just say 14 percent. That's passed on to the better, correct? Correct.
1: No, no, no. It's not necessarily. It's not necessarily passed on to the better. Um, I mean, it, it it's based off of the re- off the revenue that the sports that the sports books generate. So, let's say the three of us, you, Alan, and myself. We bet a hundred dollars each on the Duke UNC game this Saturday. You guys bet on Duke. I bet on UNC. Duke wins, so the sportsbooks pay out uh, to to you guys um, on uh, on that bet. So if you guys, you know, you guys bet a hundred dollars for Duke to cover. You guys would get, I think, like 91, 92 dollars if it's at a if it's at minus 110 odds. I would lose my hundred dollars, so that would be recorded as revenue for the sports book, okay. and that is what the sports books would be taxed on. So it's it's the losses that you know the losses that betters incur, the the you know the winnings that the sports book get, that's what's taxed.
0: It, that's kind of how it stacks up in other states. In other states, yeah, that, yeah. That, that same system. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's that's
1: how um, you know that's how it's done um, in uh, in in every other state. And you know, Kentucky's tax rate is fairly competitive. Um, Indiana um, has uh, a a nine. I think it's a nine and a half percent for both retail and um, retail and online. Uh, Ohio is going to be a, a, a higher tax rate. Uh, Tennessee has a 20% tax rate. They're online only. They're going to be 20%. Uh, Il- Illinois has a higher rate. New York uh, taxes right now at 51% of sportsbook revenue. So, you know, Kentucky is going to be on, you know, on you know, closer to the average uh, lower end of that spectrum.
0: Okay. So will well, Churchill Downs create their own sports book like I, I assume they, they, they do at other their other casinos? Is that something that or would they partner with a like a fan? Well, team?
1: that's yeah. an inter, that's an interesting question because not a week before um Representative Koenig introduced his bill, Churchill Downs had their quarterly call um, and announced that they were getting out of online sports betting they had had I and mean, they still do technically um they had years a couple years ago uh opened up bet America as their um, sports betting operation it was a it, it was that was an a d w that that some people used um they they used that brand started off with that brand as as their sports book um it didn't go over well. Uh, it, it was kind of a clumsy launch to it. And uh, last year, 2021, they decided to um, retro uh, retrofit and, and rebrand uh, their sports betting operation under Twin Spires name. Which, as you know, as, as you know, and, and as your listeners know, you know that's been the main um ADW online betting platform for Churchill Downs for years. Um, you know, they they brought on Brett Favre as a as a celebrity spokesman for it. Uh they got into several states. Um Indiana was one, Michigan was one, Arizona is another, but they never really gained a whole lot of traction out of it. And quite honestly, you know, some of the larger companies like FanDuel and DraftKings and Caesars and BetMGM. Have spent a lot of money to acquire customers, and Churchill really was on the very low end of uh, the market uh, market share with uh, with sports bet, with with sports betting. So last month, they uh, Bill Carstangen announced that um, TwinSpires would stop its online sports betting operations in the next six months. Uh, still keep its brick and mortar. They have a brick and mortar sports book right now at uh, Rising Sun in, Indi- in um, Indiana. The new casino that they will be building in uh, Terre Haute would have a brick and mortar sports book. A few other places as well where they have a retail sports book um, by, uh, like Presque Isle in, uh, by Erie, Pennsylvania would keep its brick and mortar Fairgrounds will eventually have a brick and mortar in New Orleans. Um, So they would keep those brick and mortar places, but they would stop the um, online application. Um, At the time, and this was uh, before uh, the bill was announced here, um, you know, Karsanjan had said that the track would look, you know, at partnerships if they were, if they felt it was appropriate to, to partner with an online entity in, in, in states where they had either licenses or access to licenses so. As this sets up the possibility is there for Churchill Downs to partner with a uh, w- with a uh, online sports book and uh, and and have an APP available.
0: Same way with Keeneland and Kentucky Downs and Ellis, probably they're going right, to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Those. Those would be. The, those would be the, the four companies. And now the the law does say that each track. So, theoretically, under that, you know, Churchill can have one, Turfoy can have one, Oak Grove can have one, even though they're all, uh, separately. You know, they're all, um, Churchill properties. Um. Same thing with. Keeneland and Red Mile. My understanding is Keeneland and Red Mile, even though they're technically two tracks, would look to do one similar to how they do their uh, historical horse racing operation. Um, Ellis would have one. Kentucky Downs, as you said, would have one. Um, The the question though would then remain what happens with the new harness track that's going out in uh, Corbin. And whether, you know, that's, a joint venture between Keeneland and Kentucky Downs would, you know, would they look to have their own sports book um, as well? Um, you know, that that's something that ha- isn't quite clear yet. Um, but as that bill, as, as House Bill 606, if that gets a hearing in, uh, if that bill gets a hearing in in the Senate. Uh, and gets to the uh, Senate floor, there might be more clarity on that as that bill moves forward.
0: Right, because you, you've got uh, <laughs> Ellis is building an HHR parlor in Owensboro, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the, and Kentucky the, Downs
1: just built one. They just—I uh, I don't know if they just built it or just received approval for it in Bowling Green. So right. you know, there's, you know, there, there's a lot of expansion on that. And then obviously, what's going on in Corbin? Um, you know, not only is it a tr- harness track there in Corbin. But you've got the satellite parlor there in Williamsburg, you know, right close to the Tennessee line there as well.
0: Right. OK, so let's get into this bill a little bit.
1: Uh, are, are you going to be able to make bets like you do at uh,
0: like a normal casino, like prop bets and future wagers? Will that be allowed? Yeah.
1: Um, you know, it would be up to the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission. They would be the ones responsible for, um, you know, ab- approving. What is, um, you know, what is, what can be bet, what can't be bet. Um, more than likely, what you have in Indiana is what you would have, what you have in Indiana in most other states is what you would have here in Kentucky. Uh, one key thing for, for Kentucky sports fans to note, it, w- it will allow betting on in-state colleges. So you can bet on your Wildcats, you can bet on the Cardinals, bet on the Toppers, bet on the Racers, you know, you bet on Bellarmine, Um You you will be able to make wagers on those teams as the law is written right now. Uh, not every state has that. Um, a good example of that is uh, New Jersey. Um, you know, hate to bring it up for Kentucky fans, but, you know, the big upset that St. Peter's had, a, couple weeks ago, um, on on Kentucky in the first round, New Jersey sports books ended up missing out because New Jersey's law prohibits betting on in-state college teams. Even if the game isn't in New Jersey, you can't bet on games involving New Jersey colleges. So, you know they they missed out on you know a huge opportunity to to get people in in sports books and there were a couple of a couple sports books that I that I read where they were turning away you know upwards of half the people that were coming in their sports book because they wanted to bet on Saint Peter and you know uh, it unfortunately probably cost the state you know not just some money but it probably cost the state also on some people who would be new long-term bettors moving forward.
0: Okay, Steve, uh, let's get into the breakage now. Uh, Basically, breakage is no more. It's going down to the penny. I got got some questions about that. Sure. If I'm in New York and I want to place a bet on a
1: Kentucky race, (laughs) will that affect a customer in New York? It's if you are betting on a. My understanding is if you are betting on a Kentucky race, you will be paid to the penny. Doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you know if you're it doesn't matter if you're using Naira. it doesn't matter if you're using First, doesn't matter if you're using Twin Spires. If you're betting on a if you're betting on a Kentucky race, you will get paid to the penny. But if I'm betting on a Saratoga Saratoga race, race.
0: Right. Uh, I'm still getting I'm still getting uh the on the, the ten cents or the twenty
1: cents or whatever yeah. Right. Yeah. It it, it yeah, it's it's based on it's based on it's based on the track. So yeah, if you're if you're betting Saratoga, if you're betting Gulfstream, Del Mar, Santa Anita, wherever, you know, those you know those tracks handle you know, handle payouts there. So, you know, they'll they'll still those places would still be rounding. Okay. Okay. Steve, I thought I read that this bill will legalize fantasy sports wagering. Is that true? Well, yeah. Now, okay. Again, keep keep in mind here we're talking about four separate bills. I got it. Yeah, 606, which is the sports betting bill, will also includes regulation for uh on uh daily fantasy and online poker. So so 606 covers all of that. 607, which has the hearing tomorrow, um, has or, or Tuesday for, for for your for your listeners. Um, that bill covers just breakage only. It covers breakage and paramutual reforms. It, it adjusts the uh, the tax rate um, on on paramutual rager, wagers to 1.5 percent across the board. So whether it's um, simulcast adw at the track um, or um, or a paramutual hhr wager that's all going to be done at 1.5 percent uh, there's also some some caps that are going to be put in place for um, for the de- the development funds um, in in the purpose behind that is to help uh, generate some additional revenue for the general funds which was a which was a big issue for some lawmakers last year when when the HHR legislation was making its way through. So yeah, you know, um, so 60 so so 606 more than likely 606 will not get a hearing tomorrow. It's probably a 50 50 proposition that it passes this year in the Senate. If it does pass, I'm looking for it to pass w- uh, when lawmakers convene in April. Um, the reason for that is there's a lot of different issues on lawmakers' place right now. They're trying to get a budget out. They're trying to get other uh, other bills out. Uh, the gray machines bill, which is one of these, is is a priority. The paramutual bill, as I as I said, is a priority. They're looking to get those bills passed uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. the uh, the window The best window of opportunity for sports betting for 606 will be when lawmakers return on April 13th. Um, and And the hope there is that it can that it would get a committee hearing probably on the 13th. And if if Representative Pining is able to win over support in the Senate, if People who, you know, if the grassroots support for it, if they're able to get messages to their lawmakers, especially their senators at this point, get messages to their senators and, and urge them to support the bill, um, they'll have those two days to pass that bill. And they know that Governor Bashir, you know, Governor Bashir ran on expanded gaming and ran on legalizing sports betting. So they know that he would not, you know, 99% chance that he's not going to veto that bill, so they could pass it one of those last two days and and, and get it legalized. What is a gray slot machine? Gray slot machine. Okay. Um, a, a gray slot machine is if you go to a convenience store or a a lodge, um, like a FOP lodge or someplace like that you might see some gaming machines on the side and um, it may, may even be next to a uh, a a lottery vending machine or or you know where the lottery place place looks are uh gray machines are also called skill games uh, are video gaming machines they look like slot machines, but they're not regulated in the state um that's the reason why they're called gray machines. They kind of operate in this gray market area um this um six o um six o eight i believe it is is that bill that's uh sponsored by uh representative uh Killian Simone uh of lexington he uh, that bill would in essence ban those machines from being allowed here in the state. So a convenient as I said, a convenience store that has them, a bar that has them, a um, fraternal lodge that has them, you know, they would have to be removed. And you know that bill that bill came up, 608 came up immediately after the House passed sports betting 10 days ago. And there was, you know, a lot of discussion on that bill. Um, a lot of people who are even anti-gaming completely um, were a little concerned because they feel that, you know, having this bill, you know, that, that bans those machines ends up, you know, basically picking winners and losers in gaming. They they say it protects the lottery, protects historical horse racing. Um, you know it would protect those entities or protect charitable gaming but the mom and pop convenience stores in some of these small towns and some of these small communities you know who they say need that revenue that the machines generate um would, would be missing out so you know that one's going to be a, a bill to watch um in the next day or two to see if that has the votes to pass in uh, uh in the senate and it's not necessarily going to be a party line vote either way. Um, when uh, when that bill passed in um, when that when that bill passed in in the, in the House, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, you had 39 of the 75 House Republicans vote for it, 22 voted against it, 14 didn't vote at all, and, and some of those lawmakers were there in on the floor. But they came out and said, look, I'd I, I have to vote pass on this. I don't know whether it's a good bill or not. Um, same thing on the Democratic side. You've, got, you've only got 25 Democrats. Um, 11 of them voted for it. Nine of them voted against it. One of the key uh, votes against was uh, Louisville State Rep uh, Al Gentry, who is Adam Koenig's co-sponsor on the sports betting bill. So, you know, you had some diverse, you know, diverse groups here on both sides of this gray machines bill because, you know, you have the side that wants to protect, you know, Kentucky signature industry. You want to protect the horse racing industry. You want to protect, you know, charitable entities. You want to protect the uh, education uh, funding that the lottery provides. Um, You also, you know, have those people that are against gaining you know, in any way, shape, and form. Um, but then you've also got, as I said, people like Representative Gentry, who, you know, kind of sees the value in some of these games, and rather than ban them, you know, has, has said, let's look to regulate and, and, and tax those, which is is the case in, in some states. So, you know, it, it's it's a bill to watch definitely in the next day or two to see how how lawmakers um in the senate um decide on that what about online poker has that been covered in any of these bills online poker is covered as part of 606 so if 60 if 606 becomes law online poker would become legal here in the state um now one thing i want to caveat with that um the way it is set up, the way it's set up right now, and there are several states that currently have online poker. New Jersey has it, Pennsylvania has it, Delaware has it, Michigan has it, Nevada has it. Um, you know, several several states have online poker, um, but only a couple of states, uh, New Jersey, Nevada, and Delaware are part of what's called an interstate compact where players from those states can play against each other. In Pennsylvania in Michigan, and if it were to happen here in Kentucky, you would only be able to play with other people in your state right now. Um, The hope is that, um, you know, states sign, you know, states would look to join this interstate compact, so that you know, people here. You know, uh, someone. You know, someone here in Louisville could play. You know, a, a hold'em. You know, a, a hold'em tournament. That you know, with people in New Jersey, in Delaware, in Nevada. You know, you get. You know, you get that kind of broader market to it. But as it stands right now, it would just be. You know, here in the state only.
0: Okay, sounds good to me. Uh, as a as a poker player, that that uh, that sounds promising. Uh, Alan, this guy, like I told you, he's a fountain of information. Do you have any questions for Mr. Steve Wittenbender?
2: Oh, uh, he certainly is. My, my goodness, what an expert. Um, well, t- one quick thing comes to mind. Um, the horsemen, are they completely on the side of uh, expanding gaming? And the breakage, are the racetracks for or against it? Are they against it?
1: Um, what's, what's the general consensus on those two? Uh, uh, in Churchill, of... Churchill Downs hasn't. Com- I've asked Churchill Downs that question. They haven't commented. Uh, I haven't heard much opposition from the tracks on this. Um, you know, one thing I think. You know, I think now. What was it? Um, last year, I think there was about twelve million dollars bet. Twelve billion, excuse me. Twelve billion with a B. Bet on horse racing here in the United States. Um a little more than half of that was bet through ADWs. Um and with the automation and so forth that's there now, um, you know, it it's easier to calculate, you know, with the tote with the tote board systems and so forth, it's easier to calculate, you know, to the penny now. So it, it it's not you know, it, it, it's it's not as big a burden. And quite honestly, if you know, if, if horse players know they're going to get better payouts at a, you know, at, at a race in Keeneland than they would get at a race in Aqueduct or Gulfstream or, or wherever, you know, better, you know, your more savvy bettors would probably be more inclined to bet and bet big, you know, at Keeneland. So I, th- I think, you know, I don't think there's opposition per se. Um you know, your other question as far as horsemen uh, and, and their support of expanded gaming, um you know, I think you know horsemen want to see additional revenue um brought in to, to help bolster the sport. And you know, while the revenue itself from sports betting would not um would not go to that, the, the, the tax revenue From uh, the tax revenue, most of that tax revenue would go toward the state's pension fund. Um, I do believe there is a part of that, though, as from the online bill, and I'm checking that right now to make sure I've got that right. I believe there's a a portion of that uh, bill that would go to the uh, thoroughbred development fund. It, It would be. One of those where it'd be one of those where you know they're helping. A, you're helping keep money in the state. You're helping keep money. You know, you're potentially bringing people to racetracks to sportsbooks there. So, you know, the the thought is that you know if you can get them to bet on on sports betting at a racetrack, then you may be able to get them to bet uh, on um, you know on on the fifth race at Churchill or or on the seventh at Keeneland, whatever. You know, that that's kind of that's kind of the hope um, for people that go to the physical sports books.
2: And, you know, we talk about breakage. Two things come to mind with me real quick. Number one, in a lot of regards, we already have the tech, the uh, we're already paying breakage with the dime effective, correct? There's no reason we shouldn't have been doing this for a long time. I mean, the dime super could pay ninety seven dollars and eleven cents, right? Forty three dollars and forty three cents. So it stands to reason this should have happened a long time ago. They're technically already doing mm-hmm. it. Doing it. Um, uh, the second thing <laughs> is, how much money annually is lost in the state of Kentucky to the Better through breakage? Do we have any idea?
1: No, I, unfortunately, I I don't have that information available. Um, but you know, to your point though, I mean, it, it is you know it is something that that the Better loses out on, and 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 it and it is their money. You know, it's a hidden tax. It's a hidden it's tax. tax. It's a hidden tax yeah. Exactly, is. you're exactly right. It is a hidden tax. And you know this is this is going to be a way, you know, when, you know, like I, you know, I'll use the example, you know, epicenter paid I think four dollars to win at right, the right. at the Louisiana Derby, so he was a you know even money shot, um, but you know if you bet an even money bet on in sports betting to to bring that back into this, um, you get paid to the penny there, so. A ten dollar bet, you might get eleven ninety one. You wouldn't get eleven eighty. You'd get eleven ninety one. Um, you know, it, it, it's just a way to to make things friendlier and you know more welcoming to, you know, to the betting public. And the te- as you said, the technology is there in the superfecta. It's there in other forms of online betting. And if you're going to bet, you know through twin spires adw you know you you were 100 percent correct you're you're basically you you know not necessarily a a hidden tax i mean tax goes to the government um you know some of that money would go to the government but you know the rest of it is going into churchill's pockets or keenan's pockets or or whatever tracks pockets that is
2: that's why i was wondering if uh, the racetracks were uh, kind of a low key against this i wasn't exactly sure how
1: that worked i i I don't I don't believe they are because I think that I think they you know they see you know they they see the situation as well I mean you know keep in mind you know thoroughbred you know racing um you know it it, it you know there's 12 billion bet on it but you know that's a fraction compared to what is bet on sports and what's bet in slot machines and and blackjack tables and so forth so you know it it it's it's an industry that that could use some you know an infusion of new blood and new money and you know introducing breakage what I think would definitely you know make things more attractive if If people knew that they were getting you know closer to true odds um, then you know they would definitely be interested, i think, uh, in doing it. especially I mean, if, you know you uh, going back to my epicenter comment there, you know if you bet a hundred dollars on mm-hmm. epicenter. You know, so that's fifty times a two dollar bet. You know, you're looking at some significant money there. That you know, those those pennies and nickels and and, and dimes add up over time. So, you know, you know, I, I think they they see they see it as something that would help. You know, bring hopefully bring in you know new traffic and new money. In, in yeah, as,
2: as you're talking about oh, this, I'm God. thinking to myself. To myself I've always thought I was breaking from my own standpoint, but from a racetrack standpoint, it might help to bring in more of the quote unquote whales, correct? Because if I'm gonna get four dollars at uh, in Louisiana on epicenter, yeah, you know, I may get four dollars and eighteen cents in Kentucky on epicenter, and at ten dollars
1: that doesn't mean much, but if I'm betting ten thousand right. dollars Right that's a lot now, of things. Now, now, now keep in mind though, you're not necessarily you know, I, I use the epicenter right comparison. Because that happened in Louisiana. You know, now Epicenter goes off at even money in Kentucky when the, when, when, if, when breakage become, when penny breakage becomes law, th- then, yeah, I mean, you, you would definitely be able to see the difference there from, you know, $4 to four eighteen or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it's not going to be, you know, I, I do want to make sure that, that it's understood that, you know, it, it's only going to be for, the Kentucky tracks. It's right, not, yeah. 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 Um, so, but, and, but hopefully, hopefully other tracks though start to pick up on it. And so that, you know, if they see, you know, if they see Ellis park, you know, all of a sudden getting higher handles than say Del Mar or, or, or other uh, tracks on the summer circuit, it, it might, uh, it, it might encourage those tracks uh, to uh, make similar reforms as well.
2: Uh, let's uh switch gears a little bit here uh, to you personally, Steve. Uh, we've'm you know you cover all this stuff, but you you play the races yourself too. Um, uh, do you go to Churchill? do you go to Keeman do you are, is there a certain track you like or is that your is that in your
1: wheelhouse uh, yeah, throwback racing here in the state of Kentucky? yeah, I mean I I, I I grew up I still actually I, I live in Valley Station. I grew up in the South End. me too
2: brother to me Valley. too Holler.
1: Yep, I went to Desales High School, and you know, my in in my class, you were you know as likely to see a, a racing form or a uh, or a program as you were a textbook. So, um, especially when especially when Churchill was in session, um, so you know, I, I don't get a chance now just because of everything that I do work wise. I don't get a chance to go as often. You know, when I'm covering, obviously I'm there. Um, you know a lot of my, a lot of the wagering that i do um is is done online um you know much you know much to my much to my chagrin since i you know i know that um the horsemen themselves don't get as much out of uh online right. uh, wagering right. as they do from from in track um but you know i i still enjoy it um you know looking forward i'm i'm hoping uh, to go, I, I know there. I know it's not open to the public yet, but I'm hoping to get a chance to cover the Jeff Ruby Stakes uh, next weekend at Turfway, if if, if that's available. Uh, definitely will be at the Bluegrass uh, in Keeneland. We'll be at uh, Churchill for uh, Derby Week. Um, you know, so I, you know, I definitely you know take advantage of every opportunity I can to get to a track and uh, and watch races. And then you know, I also you know obviously keep track of, you know, the, the, the road to the derby, um, you know, the, the big derby preps, um, seeing how those races develop. Um and, you know, the, the bigger races. I, I don't get I don't have the time unfortunately to, to spend um on, on the day to day stuff. Um uh, maybe maybe um when you know when my when my son graduates from high school here um, in this in the spring and I'm a, you know, able to, to spend, maybe able to spend a little more time, you know, studying uh, programs than uh, than tracking down legislation. I, I'm, <laughs> I might have a chance to do that. Well,
2: I tell you, that's where you, we come in handy. If you tune in the auxiliary game podcast, maybe, just maybe, we can help you uh, save some time or whatever. What do you think, CC? Do you think we'd help them out a little bit or not?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on who our guest is, that's for sure. Yeah,
2: it's all about the guest. <laughs> Definitely.
0: Yeah, Steve. Uh, for certain, uh, if you're ever at church, you'll just come up to the uh to the gold room, Champions Lounge, or the uh, what I like to call the broadest balcony. Okay. <laughs> and, you'll, and, and you'll have a beer waiting for you. So, uh, but we uh, yeah, I I, owe you that at least.
1: That. I definitely look forward to that. So appreciate that.
0: All
2: right, Steve. Quick shout out to the Louisville women's basketball team, right? Uh, Steve, Steve covers that. Yeah,
1: um, they play Michigan tonight. Um, team they've already beaten once uh, in the regular season, beat them handily um, in, in December. That was though here in Louisville, um, so it, it's going to be a tough task for them. But I think they've uh, had a chance. You know, they they have worked on a few things and shown more of that, uh, killer instinct that may have been lacking, um, at times. And, you know, they look poised to, uh, to go to the final four again this year. So awesome. be, be huge for this city.
0: Definitely.
1: Definitely. Okay. CC. Okay.
0: Well, Steve, we, we, have we've held you up enough. Uh, like I said, uh, been, been ho- hoping you've come on for a long time and, uh, glad to see that come to fruition. Uh, Steve, uh, Uh, good luck to you and with uh, casino.org and and you and your other uh, you're a jack of all trades that's for certain but uh yeah we're we're grateful that you joined us uh this evening and uh like i said hopefully we'll, we'll cross paths
1: somewhere down the road sounds good glad to be on anytime so my you know i'm usually available or can make myself available glad to do it so Awesome. Hopefully, we get new, get some good news um, in the next day or two on the on the horse racing, the breakage bill, um, and then we'll have to stay tuned, see what happens here, probably um, in in mid-April to see what happens with sports betting um, here in the state. Okay, sounds good, <laughs> sir. Uh, that we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, CC. Thank you, Alan. Thanks for having me <laughs> on
0: okay that was steve Bittenbender, uh, uh, certainly a jack of all trades and uh alan i'll just ask you i'll pose a question to you where, where do you land on sports uh, gambling
2: This gonna surprise a lot of people i am uh i guess i'm a fence straddler um i i don't have a strong opinion i never have i i if you know me you know i'm not a, a sports better i'm not saying that i would never do it down the road uh I have a tendency to see both sides of this issue. I know that's kind of a a, a misnomer these days. You're not supposed to do that, but I, I do I do work in Central Kentucky. I work with a lot of people who have concerns. I know I see the pros, I see the cons. Uh I guess I would lean towards it. Uh I guess that's kind of the libertarian. I think as as you like to say the libertarian in me, I would lean forward, but I am not going to continue uh insistently and Badmouth those who are against it. I see their points. Uh, so, I mean, Steve shed a lot of light on it for me because uh, I will honestly tell you, I'm not the most well-versed person on that topic. Steve certainly is. My goodness, does he know his stuff? So, yeah, 60-40, yes. 70-40, yes. But I'm, I'm always going to tell you that I try to see the other side.
0: Yeah, I'm. I, I would take the libertarian point of view on this. I don't. I I don't necessarily like the uh, the government legislating morality. I agree with you there. And you know, every state around us has it. Yes. And there's a lot of people who like to, to to wager on sports, so I'm all you know, I'm all for them getting their chance. I to me, like college basketball and college football, pro football, I don't necessarily need to to wager on uh, on those to to enjoy it, but I can certainly understand other people wanting to.
2: Do I, that. Yeah, and that's that's what I'll come down to is if other people want to do that. That's fine. Like to me, the the the, the wagering on sports constantly is not something that's like for me like if i bet a football if i I watch a football game a basketball game i don't need to have money on it uh to determine who i'm for i can either just watch i know it's a a bizarre a bizarre uh thought process these days but i can watch the game for the entertainment of the game i'm not saying that's anything wrong with it the other way it's just how i am uh that, that said if it were legal maybe i might do a little bit more you know uh but I, I do enjoy sports for the actual game of the sport. I've never been a big fantasy football fan. I really don't care for that. But again, a lot of people do, so more power to them. So, you know, if they get the opportunity, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I I did have that. Uh, was it uh, DraftKings or FanDuel? What I had one of those apps and I played uh, uh, pro NBA, like what they call it, daily fantasy sports DFS. I, I hear that's pretty cool. Bit. It was fun because you could play for a dollar or two dollars, and you know, I you know have a whole lot invested in it. I I I played that for about a month, and then you know I ran out of money, and I didn't really want to reload the account. But I mean, you know, uh, to, you know
2: as you're saying that, I'm thinking of stable duel. You know, I did like I do like stable duel. I, I don't get to play it very often, because I, it's only in the state of Kentucky. You only get it when Keelan's running right and Ellis maybe. And you know, you know that's that's what I like to play. So I guess you would call that fantasy to some extent. Right. And I do very well in it. So um, I, I guess I shouldn't say that. Right. Uh, so <laughs> I guess I do like it a little bit. But
0: don't be hypocrite.
2: Yeah. Hip- yeah I, I, and I realize. And again, I realize I'm being somewhat hypocritically by even questioning because I do play the horses. But I, I but it's you know, I think it's fair to say that you would always try to look at both sides of an issue. Right. Right. So uh, Absolutely. and I, I guess the biggest thing with me is I just hope just if you have a windfall of money come through, just can we trust the government to spend it properly, too? Right. I mean, that's what I would be most concerned about. We can ensure that they spend it in the manner that needs to be spent and it's not being wasted. So,
0: well, that's that's for our different podcast that we do. We're going to do later this summer. Maybe we'll do uh, eye on government.
2: Well, I, you know what? I'm not educated enough to, to participate in that. But then again, I'm not educated enough to participate <laughs> in this one. But yet I do it anyway. Right.
0: One thing we are educated about is horse racing, and this coming Saturday is going to be maybe the biggest day of the year thus far. Thus far, uh,
2: right.
0: Turfway, Oaklawn, Gulfstream. Turfway's got a huge day of racing uh, capped by the Jeff Ruby Stakes. Uh, Florida Gulfstream is highlighted by the Florida Derby, and uh, Arkansas Oaklawn is highlighted by the Arkansas Derby. I think I counted up about 6.4 million dollars in stakes purses. Oh on that day alone uh, between those three tracks we're going to have an expert on for the jeff ruby stakes card guess this, who it is yeah you can <laughs> probably guess uh but uh we'll uh, we'll keep that uh, anonymous until the time comes but uh, uh if, if there was ever a day that you want to you want to break out the wallet uh, this 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 coming uh, saturday uh, actually you you could probably follow the day without betting a whole lot of money because yeah, it's going to be a it's gonna be a great, uh, great day of racing from from early to to late. And we can comment on the Arkansas Derby that's already been drawn. Secret Oath, the filly trained by Dwayne Lucas, is gonna take on the boys. And uh, uh, he, Mr. Lucas, has designs on the Kentucky Derby if if his filly runs well. And I don't see why she can't because she stacks up pretty well against uh, against this field.
2: It's a good uh, cyberknife. Cyberknife woke up last time. I was a pr- the town's always been there with Cyberknife. Now I'm not saying you put it all together. Maybe another, you know, might just be one of those buzz horses that uh, never seem to really pan out in the big day. But you know, I would, you know, Cyberknife has me sl- slightly interested there.
0: Yeah, that's the that's a pretty deep field. I. It's a pretty good field. At first, I, I was like, yeah, I don't know, if, I don't know if there's much in here. But i got to looking at horse for horse, and it's uh, it's it's gonna be a gonna be a fun day. Yeah. Fun race indeed. So. But uh, we'll worry about that later, so we're going to sign off right now and uh, so we can all uh, – I, I had to go prepare my dinner, <laughs> and Alan has to go to bed. Yes, so, that's how I roll. On behalf of Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers, who's absent, and, of course, Steve Bittenbender, which uh, was our uh, guest this evening, I want to remind you more than ever that gambling money ain't got no home.